0: Mortgage's Cowboys Crosstalk. Check this out. broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys world headquarters at the star in Frisco brought to you by Geico 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance and by SWBC mortgage customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals visit SWBC.com now your host Shannon gross
1: No, it is not Shannon Gross here on Cowboys Crosstalk. Here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco. Filling in for the great Shannon Gross, it's Kyle Yeomans. And I'm glad to be alongside a pair of former Dallas Cowboys. And of of course, one of our favorite 105.3, 105.3, the fan on-air host, Mr. Mike Basick from probably the coolest-looking backdrop I've ever seen yes. on a Zoom call yep. ever, Mike, just yes. by the way.
2: I'm in the pantry. That's my <laughs> quiet place. I, hey, whatever. My, wife gave, my what, wife gave me the pantry.
1: So. Whatever you've got to do to get it done, that's I all it. I care about. And, <laughs> and the fact that there's food in the background and a lot of cereal back there makes me even happier. Because, hey, whatever whatever you've got to do. But I've also got Nate Newton sitting to my left, Mr. Nate
3: Newton, six-time Pro Bowler, and then Barry Church, a part of the crew this week. Zero-time Pro Bowler, but, you know,
2: hey. all good. But you're a special <laughs> guest, and that's,
1: that's really all that matters. And so,
2: yes, man, indeed. we've
1: got some firepower here over the next hour here on Cowboys Crosstalk. And normally... I would ask Barry, as the special guest of the show, what he's been up to lately. But we kind of know what you've been up to lately because you're up here in the Dallas area. You're very involved with... DallasCowboys.com and then uh, we've got Nate Newton who's also on a couple of the shows in the podcast and we're all three on pregame so Mike is really the guy that's yes. kind of out of the loop here at least out of the three of us which is unfortunate because and here's here's a little behind the curtain for everybody listening is I've listened to Mike for a long time on one oh five three the fan this is the first time I've actually gotten to meet you. And so I'm honored to be sitting next to you and on your station getting to talk to to Mr. Mike Bassick. But how have you been, Mike? What's going on?
2: I've been doing good, man. Just uh, watching a lot of football lately and uh, chilling, talking a lot of uh, Cowboys, getting ready for a little bit of NBA basketball here in three weeks to Mm -hmm. start up. So that's what I've been doing.
1: There you go. And talking of the NBA, a little breaking news that just broke a couple moments ago. Russell Westbrook on his way to Washington. And I know this is a Cowboys in an NFL show, I promise. We're only going to talk Cowboys in NFL. But Russell Westbrook traded for John Wall in a first-round pick from the Rockets to the Wizards. And that's kind of Mm. interesting for those listening on 105.3 The Fan. But you mentioned football, Mike, and I'll let you start us off. The Cowboys' upcoming opponent in the Baltimore Ravens are finally... Uh, through their week 12, finally got their game in the books a couple moments ago. They fell to the Pittsburgh Steelers 19-14 to on the road at Heinz Field. Did you get a chance to watch any of that game?
2: And if you did, what would you think? I was busy taking care of kids after mm. school. And I'm going to be honest because I love watching Lamar Jackson. I know he hasn't had a repeat of last year Uh felt like it was somewhat of a foregone conclusion with what the Ravens had to run out there this afternoon. So it wasn't for me must-watch TV. If it would have been Lamar Jackson and a fully healthy uh, Baltimore Ravens team, I probably would have made sure I made time for that.
1: And trust me, you didn't necessarily miss anything from a football fan standpoint. It was really kind of an ugly game. Nate, did you get a chance to watch it? I listened to it. I, uh, I was
4: driving around. I listened to it. Serious radio and uh just like just like Lamar Jackson, I hate to do it to you, Bassie. Just like the Jamar Jackson, the, the other guy, RG three, none of them can throw. Nah, <laughs> and if you can't throw,
1: you can't win. <laughs> oh can't throw, you can't win. RG three went seven of twelve for thirty three yards in an interception. That's a twenty eight point five quarterback percent or quarterback rating. Rather, in the loss to Pittsburgh. So, Barry, did you get a chance to watch? I know you had a podcast this afternoon. Yeah, we had a
3: podcast. I kind of had it in the background a little bit. Then my kid got back from school, and I was kind of playing with him. But I kind of had it in the back, kind of like elevator music (laughs) in the background. And uh, I got a chance to check a little bit of it. And, yeah, you're right, man. Man, RG3. I'm
4: going to tell you something, man. Didn't look good. And, and And I'll say this right here. And, and I tried to tell guys a couple of years ago when they got all excited about Lamar Jackson, which I, which I applaud his athletic ability. But I know his Coach Greg Roman, his offensive coordinator, and I'm just about two seconds away from, from, from texting him, brother, where's the passing game? Where's the growth? Yeah. What are you doing to this kid? There's no growth, fellas. You're the same guy. Mm-hmm. You know who he reminds me of? And he and he's a MVP. It's a guy played for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's a great athlete, but in two years, I've seen no growth. You grow your game man yeah. whether it's through your coaching or whether you have to do it yourself
1: and talking about Lamar Jackson at that point and, and whenever it comes to Lamar we'll we'll get into that that <clears> matchup <throat> because the Cowboys might be facing Lamar Jackson yeah. next Tuesday yeah, yeah video he, man he yeah, may be yeah. a part of that 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 game plan but right now with covid-19 and everything that's going on there it's kind of tough to tell who's uh, who's actually going to be available but Here's the thing, all of you guys have been professional athletes, that's where I'm out on this, in terms of the four (laughs) of us here, you've all been professional athletes at different times, and the Cowboys are going to have 12 days between playing Washington, and then finally taking on Baltimore next Tuesday, it's almost a mini bye week, if anything it is a bye week, if you really want to look at the days in between games, but as, as former athletes yourselves, and Mike, we'll start with you on this one, but... Did you like time off or did you not necessarily like the days in between and the fact that you had to kind of uh, – you had to stay ready even though you did have the rest from a body's perspective?
2: You know, my sport obviously is so different than football because there's no 162 doubt. games in 181 days. So it's it's – you're used to playing every day, so having a off day is great. But as a starting pitcher, you do have somewhat of a football player's routine. You know the day after you pitch is your hard workout day, long toss day. Your next day is your bullpen day to work on things that went well or didn't go well. And then you have a light bullpen day with a, with a weight workout. Then you kind of have a day to yourself. Don't do too much because the next day you're going to pitch. So it's – a starting pitcher has a little bit of a football schedule where you're going to to play in 30 to 35 of the 162 games. So I always like staying on the routine. I always felt like if I had an extra day or two extra days, I always felt like, do I need to do more? Do I need to back off? So I was always trying, especially as a young guy, trying to figure that out. As you got older, you kind of appreciated a little bit of extra time. But as a young guy, I'm like, I want to pitch every fifth day. I don't want an extra day.
1: Is that kind of the same for you guys from a football perspective? Nah.
4: This this virus has is, is wrecked it uh in Bic and, and, and church. Y'all know we are structured guys. Mm-hmm. Athletes are structured guys. And and once you have too many days off, it, it ain't a. i you're trying to stay in rhythm and you lose all the rhythm. And it's too bad that this this pandemic got guys where they can't go on the field. If I'm a coach, I'm telling my Mr. Jones, look, I need the Mm feel. I got to keep my guys in rhythm. I had no training camp, no mini camps. Uh, uh, I got to keep my guys in rhythm. And and, and it's going to show up because now this team, the Ravens played. So now they got a rhythm. We don't have a rhythm.
3: No rhythm at all. That's true. And, uh, well, for me, I was a little bit different. Uh, It depended on what type of uh, or what point in time in my career I was at. Like when I was a young dude, um I, I was always eager to get out there especially being yes. undrafted i was like man i got to get out there we don't need no week. i gotta show these coaches i belong so every play every practice rep i was taking all a part of it but uh as i got older like my seventh eighth year ninth year in the league i kind of relished i love those off days i mm. mean my, my feet was hurting i get out of bed hitting the <laughs> ground i'm like ah man where did this injury come from but um you know that so that bad week definitely came in um came in tall but uh for for Nate, for nate's point i mean he, he's exactly right when you get in that rhythm as far as winning games and going back-to-back back and trying to stretch that out there, you got to have that rhythm to, uh, to pretty much complete it. But to me, as, a, as an older guy, I love those bye weeks.
1: Well, the good news and the bad news of that is that the Cowboys didn't really have a rhythm on the field. That I mean, is true. <laughs> if, if, you really, if you really wanted to talk about it, I mean, you fell 41-16 to 16 to the Washington football team, so there was a little bit of a rhythm there. But also, I mean, it's no jokes here, but off the field, I mean, this is going to take some time to to talk about the grieving of Marcus Paul, the strength and conditioning quarterback coordinator uh, of course thoughts and prayers with his family but uh, this is a time where i think mike mccarthy has already talked about it at nauseum of saying that this is nice to have a couple extra days to deal with and it's something that the, the team is going to relish but but mike do you think that the cowboys are going to benefit from this time off even though the, it, it did come at a weird time where you've only had a total of five practices now in 25 days
2: I think it could because I was fortunate enough not to. And I call Marcus Paul a family member. I think you guys mm-hmm. know this. When you're part of a team, whether it's a coach or a player, I, I 13 years in pro ball, I never had a, a teammate or a coach pass away during the season. Now, everybody at some point usually will have to deal with whether it's an aunt, an uncle, mother, father. So, like somebody in your family is going to be sick during a week or during a season, and you are dealing with that individually but to me what's really tough with this one is the whole Dallas Cowboys family is dealing with this in the middle of a season and Nate you talked about how tough this season is already so I don't know how it's going to go because this is something really tough that I mean fortunate for me I didn't have to go through something like this so I don't have a point of reference of what it's like to lose a family member on the team during a season
4: and plus this guy was the strength and conditioning guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he touched every player because he had to have their schedule, how they like to do it, what time they came in, and they had a personal touch. He led the stretches. He did this. A lot of times you led them on the field. A lot of times you had to focus guys. He knew their personal lives. So I understand what you're saying, but you know what makes it easier, church, is if you can just get on the field. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. If you can you know bass when you can just get on the field whether it's a personal family member or friend or somebody you love if you can just get back to doing what you do
3: it makes it much easier. Yeah and and they and I, I can only go by personal experience cuz yeah. you know I was a part of that team um, I believe it was 20 I want to say 2012 or 2013 mm-hmm. when um Jerry Brown had passed right, right. Um, in that car accident. And, I mean, it, it hurt all, all of us. I mean, it was, the day, it was two days before the game even started, and, you know, he passed in a car right. accident. Um, it, it was hard. It was emotional. Just, I mean, it, it was hard to get on the plane and play. A lot of people were thinking, man, we shouldn't even go up to Cincinnati and play that right. game. But um, I think what we did and what brought us all together, and Nate, you were right about this, is just getting back on the field. I mean, just being apart from your teammates, it kind of let you dwell in your thoughts. and just, All you wanted to do was get back on the field and get back to what your teammates and what you love to do. So... I mean, it's tough. It's tough overall. It's extremely emotional, but I think you're right. When it comes to camaraderie, you got to get back with your teammates. You've got
1: you got to pour into something, and I think that's kind of where the Cowboys are at right now is the easiest way to grieve is to pour into what you love and, of course, what Marcus Paul loves. Oh, yeah. Yes. And at the same time, I mean, you know he wants them to go back out there and give it their all and, and show that kind of love uh, on the field as brothers, but, I mean, they were back on the practice field today uh, preparing for a game that's still a, a total of six days away, so they They've got a little bit of time. They're going to take tomorrow off for the memorial service of Marcus Paul, and then they'll be back to practice on Friday. But we're going to take our first break here on Cowboys Crosstalk. When we come back... Does Baltimore still scare you the same way they did at the beginning of the season? That's the question we'll ask. And will Lamar Jackson be available so that way Mike Bassick's happy and can put this on his calendar as something to watch in terms of Lamar Jackson. Get out of the pantry. And good football. Get out of the pantry. Uh, You're listening to Cowboys Crosstalk on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
0: SWBC Mortgages, Cowboys Crosstalk.
3: Yeah,
0: check this out. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco.
1: At SWBC, customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. Welcome back here to Cowboys Crosstalk. From the star in Frisco, and also Mike Bassick's pantry. At the same time, we're both world-class studios in their different ways. It's, that's probably the best way to say it, Mike. But uh, <laughs> we've got Mike Bassick representing 105.3 The Fan, Barry Church, our special guest, Nate Newton representing DallasCowboys.com, and I'm Kyle Yomas, just trying to drive the bus here tonight. In for Shannon Gross and guys, we mentioned the 1914 final score, the Pittsburgh Steelers now 11 and 0. On the season, they take down the Baltimore Ravens in what was an ugly, ugly football game on a Wednesday afternoon up in Pittsburgh. But now the Cowboys know kind of what they've got in store for Week 13 as the Cowboys and the Ravens meet up in uh, up in Baltimore coming up on Tuesday. But this is a Ravens team that last year only lost two games in the regular season. They went into the playoffs on a massive win streak. But right now, they're kind of reeling a little bit. You talk about a team that's... Seen a bit of regression. And, Nate, I know we're going to get to Lamar Jackson here in a minute. But, Mike, whenever you look at this Ravens team overall, and I know you guys have kind of already been talking about it on 105.3 The Fan and with your show on KNC Masterpiece, but is this the same Ravens defense that we anticipated whenever the schedule came around?
2: No, because – before the season started, I thought it was going to be Kansas City versus Baltimore to go to the Super Bowl yeah. in the AFC. And I, and I thought there were other good teams, but I just thought, man, the way Lamar Jackson played, uh, Patrick Mahomes and that team, I just felt like, man, those two teams are going to clash uh, probably to go to the Super Bowl. And right now, 6-5, and five, they pretty much need to run the table. Maybe they can lose one more game to make the playoffs. And I know there's that extra spot this year. But if you're Baltimore right now, I know you can only play one at a time, but as a fan, you look at their schedule and they have a a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way, but they kind of need to win out because of what Miami's doing and what Indy's doing. And uh Cleveland's eight and three. Those are your three wild cards right now. Eight, three, seven and four, seven and four. They're six and five. So they gotta make up some ground and you know We'll see what happens there. I'm interested, really, with Nate Newton and Lamar Jackson because I, I haven't seen the, the progression. I'd love to know more about what Nate Newton feels watching Lamar Jackson play.
4: You, you know, when, when, I, when I see Super Athletes basic, oh, man, nobody gets pumped like me.
1: It's but, true. I've seen it on game day. But, it's fantastic. <laughs> he gets one,
4: really excited. At the, one of the mo- at the most important position in the NFL – And I learned this a long time ago because we used to like to run that ball with Emmitt Smith. But I used to hear Dan Marino say this, if we're going to win the big games, Dan Marino's got to be throwing the ball. And I looked around the league, and and I'm saying to myself, okay, Dan, you know, Dan is a hog, Dan is selfish. That's how I was looking at it at the time. But as I got into the league, played football in the biggest of games, Troy showed up big. Mm -hmm. He had to make precision throws at the right time. And he may not have had 400 yards, but he had uh, a good passer rating and some nice throws. And when I look at young kids coming into the league, look how Dak came into the league. As long as Dak had a half a weapon, you see him grow every year. Mm -hmm. Every year he got better and better. So now we see where we can't even function uh, at all on offense without Dak. It's – but where has the progression been with Lamar? He's a, video, he's a video star. Now he was a video star back then. He's a video star when he walked on the field. Only in the run game. Mm-hmm. You can rush for 400 yards a game, and you're only going to score three touchdowns in the playoffs. You're going to have to throw for the other two. Yeah. You're going to have to throw for the other two. And this kid, all he got is a tight end and Andrews. Hollywood is all but left. The kid from Oklahoma, oh, yeah. he's all but left. Mm-hmm. That means he's still on the team, but he's all but left. he He's not – why? Because they can't get him the ball. Is it because this kid can't read defenses? Can he, can he not throw? Or is it the offensive coordinator not putting him in
3: positions to succeed and to progress? I, I need to know. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's lack of weapons – no, sir. So it's, it's, all, oh, it's no. on his, it's oh, on his it's ability to the Oh, it's on him, to him the and the okay. offensive
1: coordinator. Okay. I mean, you've got Hollywood Brown, Devin DuVernay, James Prochet, Des Bryant for the, all Andrews, those out the there. And Andrews, the big tight end. Yeah, you got Mark Andrews. There's a ton of guys out there that are good receivers for Baltimore.
4: I, I, I hate great athletes from the point that you, you do what you do, but what happens when people catch on to you? They got the tape on them, and they so them. now it's time. Okay, if Andrews is not open, Hollywood can't even. Hollywood is not even in the game mentally now. Yeah. He's dropping balls. <laughs> this kid from Oklahoma don't drop balls, but now he's like, "Oh, I may get the ball. I may not get the ball. I'm not in the game plan." They gonna have to sell out these last few weeks, throwing the ball, go overboard, and it may cost you the season. Fine. But you gonna have to progress this kid. Do he's gonna be another Mike Vick? Watch the kid that's with the Cardinals, Kyler he's, Murray.
3: He's progressing, man. And we laughed at his coach. Yeah, but he's progressing. I I, I agree with you on that note, uh, Nate. I mean. You got to go out at least throwing the ball, at least see what you have in Lamar Jackson in the future, because because you never know. I mean, if he can't throw the ball and all he is is a running, is a one trick pony type quarterback, you need to know that for your future. Yes. So you can't just you know hit your wagon and go hit him with a second contract when all he is is a one trick pony. Um, now I, I you know overall I would say yeah he, he has to he has to develop a little bit more, um, but I don't know about the weapons over there. I mean I know you said you guys said Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews. I'll give you guys Mark yeah. Andrews. He's a legit tight end out yes. there. But I don't know if I see Hollywood Brown as being, you know, that that prototype that that guy over there. He's had kind of a drop problem this yeah, year. He, he has a little right. bit. Yeah, and right, then Duvernay, me. he's got speed. He's coming along, but you know, I, Tell you I don't know Willie Sneed? I don't, you know, I don't let know. Let me say this:
4: Duvernay, they cheated themselves. The Dallas Cowboys cheated themselves because they should have had Duvernay here. This dude's legit. Texas did not use this kid. This kid could have been drafted much higher if Texas would have knew what they was doing. That's true. Duvernay is nice. They got speed now. You know, i tell you, he can catch the ball. Hollywood is like any other diva re- receiver. If you don't get him involved, he's going to start losing confidence in himself, even though he know it ain't him. he It ain't him. It's the quarterback and it's the offensive coordinator. They're one in the same guys. You know, You've heard stuff leaking out of Ravenville saying that the quarterback is unhappy. Yeah. He don't like the play calls. They're not throwing enough. You know, I don't I don't do numbers a lot. Mm-hmm. I do wins. Yeah. But
1: do the numbers on this. Do yeah. the numbers on this. I'm eight in the box. So, okay, with this being said, and I know you guys are kind of going after Lamar here, and he was not available today. The offense struggled. Right. He was not on the field, of course, in COVID protocol at the moment. But let me ask you this question. Lamar Jackson, how much is that one-trick pony going to have success against this Cowboys defense? Cuz that's my worry Ooh, okay. is because he might be a one-trick pony, but he's going to have some success against the Cowboys, especially Mike whenever this is a defense that struggled against mo- mobile quarterbacks. In the past,
2: you know, we had Jerry uh, Jones on Friday after the game was over and um, he talked about we kind of asked him about the fake punt on fourth and 10, you know, kind of the risk reward seemed way off there. Like if you did get it, which was a small percentage, now you just have first down at the 35 yard line. and It's only a four point game at the time. And his answer was, guys, we were getting gashed vertically with the run and which made it sound like to me the way he answered that was if we punted to him and they got the ball back, we weren't going to stop them from getting first downs running the ball. So we might not get the ball back, so why not take a big risk and see if we can get a first down? Mm -hmm. So what you're talking about is with Lamar Jackson and his running ability, with the Cowboys really missing their first four defensive tackles now because they signed two veteran guys, one released, one gets hurt before the season, then their two young guys are hurt. So they're working on fourth and fifth guys at the defensive tackle position. Is a team like Baltimore, we've seen it. Like, Baker Mayfield, to me, is a blow average quarterback they're eight and three but they got chubb they got hunt and they have a good defense so they don't really have to rely on baker to throw the ball which i think like nate said that will get exposed in the playoffs when he can't throw the ball accurately to win a playoff game but against the cowboys we've seen teams that don't throw the ball well or struggle with it still they can run the ball where the cowboys really struggle throughout a game to stop it
4: Mm -hmm. you know what and see just like you call a, a reverse and you willing to take that chance, I had eight guys standing within five yards of the defensive line <laughs> the offensive line saying, okay, what you going to do? What you going to do? do? Yeah. I, that's what I would do. If you're willing to just – a team is down by four points and you willing to say, hey, man, we know sooner or later we're going to get gashed. Let's just try something just – out of this world. Yep. That's what that play was. Out of this world. I couldn't get no I, – I tried to call all my ex-teammates and everybody and say, hey, man, what did you see? And they just said, why?
3: Why not <laughs> leave the offense? If you gonna go, why not just leave the offense on the field? I, I got the
4: word, why? I, got, I, I went to sleep that night. My wife woke me up and said, baby, you got to quit saying why. I don't know why you're doing that.
2: Okay. Why? (laughs) Twenty to sixteen, too. I mean, we talk about forty one to sixteen, but at the time that's early in the fourth quarter, twenty to sixteen. It's a four point game. game. I mean,
1: that's oh man. I am asking why. I mean (laughs) Don't do that. that. Put me in the pantry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's the safe space. It's the safe space.
1: (laughs) Barry Whenever you're looking at it from a defensive standpoint Mm -hmm. before we take our next break, but Whenever you're slowing down, and, and Mike mentioned the vertical run game, and mm-hmm. that's what Washington does well is that yep. vertical run game. Baltimore, they do that well, too. I mm-hmm. mean, they've got J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, but a lot of the time, Lamar Jackson wants the edge. Yes, he does. A lot of the time, he mm-hmm. wants the edge. What's easier
3: to stop from a defender's standpoint, the vertical run or getting to the, getting to the outside? Well, it's easier to stop going to the outside because you got because he's not gaining that much yards as he's going lateral. So if you keep you know if you keep pushing him to the edge, you know your defensive linemen stay in their gaps. You just keep pushing him to the edge. You can run him down eventually for you know a three two two three yard game if you just push him out of bounds. He's gonna run out of field eventually. But that vertical, if he's going downhill. <laughs> and you ain't getting a, and you ain't getting nobody to touch him before he gets to that second level, uh, as a safety, that is the worst thing you want to see, especially if you're that middle-of-the-field safety. If you're that deep third safety, mm. you get your little back pedal going, and then you just see that line part like the Red Seas, and this big dude coming through there, uh, that's the worst thing you can imagine, it's, that's besides lining up against Randy Moss or something, because you know it's just you and him in the open field, and he, he's either going to embarrass you or you're going to make a heck of a play. and It's just one of the worst things ever. So I would say... If you don't have a great D line in that middle, it's harder to stop that vertical than than pushing that guy to the sideline.
1: Let me say this, man. (laughs) Let me say this right here.
3: Nate's just got a
1: virtual image (laughs) in his head of somebody getting shook.
4: You did never have to worry. If Darren Wilson came after the game and had a little red line across his face (laughs) or a little blood trickling down, that means that the vertical run was on that day.
3: (laughs) I'm t- you, are not lying. You're not lying. And hey, that's when you start looking at your D-line, like, come on, guys. Come I, on now. I need a little help I'm here. On,
1: come yeah. on now. What, what kind of player were you? Were you the one to make the tackle, or were you the one
3: that was like, uh-oh? I'm like,
1: uh-oh. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> well, I'm a bigger
3: safety, but I'm like, oh, here we go. Especially if it happened like two or three times in the first half. I'm like, man, Ooh. come on, guys. Let's... <laughs> Come on, my shoulders are hurting, man. Let's go, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it's going to be a,
1: a tough matchup for that Cowboys defense. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Egram should be available for that game for Baltimore as they're already off the COVID list. They did not play today, but they should be available Ooh, next Tuesday. And then it's a big question mark on Lamar Jackson. It's right up on that border. It just depends on positive testing and how he gets out of the COVID protocol. But when we come back, where are we f- sitting after that Washington loss in terms of are we shutting it down, or we keep pushing for this division? Are we team tank, or are we going for this thing in terms of the NFC East? We Don't know we what get? the 105 guys are I want to know. <laughs> we, I wanna know. know. The we know what
0: the 105 guys are doing. I want to <laughs> know what's
4: going on
1: in y'all's heads. You're listening Man. to Cowboys Crosstalk on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
0: WBC mortgages cowboys crosstalk yeah, check this out broadcasting live from dallas cowboys world headquarters at the star in frisco
1: welcome back into cowboys crosstalk from the star in frisco and mike bassick's now famous pantry along with mike bassick nate newton barry church i'm kyle yeomans and well, Mike, we're going to put you on the spot here because right. Nate uh, uh, has decided that we're going to put you on the spot here right. as the lone wolf in terms of 105.3, the fan yes. representation here. Yes, Everybody else is on DallasCowboys.com. <laughs> so with that being said, Team Tank, of course, the Cowboys sitting at 3-8 and eight and a schedule coming up that's still favorable for the Cowboys should they want to make a run at the division. They're one game out of first place in the NFC East, and they're also one game out of the number 3 overall pick, and the team that's in front of them is coming up on the schedule in the next couple weeks. So, with that being said, there's definitely a lot of uh, Cowboys fans on both sides of the fence. First, I want to hear what side you're on, and then we're going to get into it probably, because Nate is definitely not on Team Tank, if you are on Team Tank.
2: I'm on Team Tank.
1: Okay. (laughs) I wouldn't
2: be as a player. Believe me, I played on some crappy baseball teams. And, yeah, (laughs) we tried our best and still lost and and ended up with a top pick in the draft. And the baseball draft's way different than the football draft. But for me, uh, growing up, uh, Nate, without the Cowboys going 3-13, and there's no Troy Aikman. If there's no Troy Aikman, there's no dynasty. Mm. And so now— I get it. We kind of have Dak Prescott. What I say kind of is because he's not under contract, but we assume he's going to be either franchise tagged or under contract. But to me, getting a very high pick and maybe getting one of those difference makers, what you hope to get with like a number two, three, four, five pick, is you hope to get a future Hall of Famer. And so if you get lucky and the right guy's there and he ends up being whoever it is, uh, you know – DeMarcus Ware. I know he wasn't picked 3 or 4, but if you can find that guy to really change to me the defense, mm-hmm. then maybe that can in the future down the road the next year or two really change the way that I see the Cowboys maybe competing for uh, to get back to the NFC championship game. The last time they were there, I'm pretty sure Nate was on the team.
4: Were you on the team? Yes, I was until so. until your great uh, analogy of 3 and 13 produced Troy. But also, I think 10-6 and produced uh, Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh, that's right? true. And I think that a 7-9 and nine team produced Wilson in the fourth round. So I'm not saying that I'm not giving up that easy. You know, I'm not giving up that easy. But I do believe, Basic, to your way of T-A-N-K, uh, I do believe that we can win this division with six games and still get a top five pick.
1: <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> how does that work? Where did that come from? <laughs> Nate, Nate just just chose all of the above. He didn't he didn't choose A or B. He went C. Oh, I don't
4: hey, even know. <laughs>
0: Look
4: at if 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 you're this is how I see it. If you're not gonna get the one or two pick, you you ain't winning nowhere in this draft. It ain't but two guys I want in this draft.
1: Who are those two guys?
4: That's the kid at
1: Clemson. That's the kid at
4: Ohio State. Justin Fields. And then I hear y'all talk about another kid out there that's a quarterback. I don't want him. I want those two guys. But you do want a quarterback as your first pick. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one where I would would want it. Those two guys. Now, the offensive lineman everybody's talking about, forget that. As much as I love offensive linemen. If we pull up an office alignment in the third in and as a third player pick, somebody need to be never no, mind. I ain't gonna <laughs> say it. I ain't gonna even say it. Nah, for real. For it. real. A <laughs> offense alignment with the third player for real.
3: Yeah. All right, what if I tell you this? What if you can get around 15, 16, you can get the corner from Alabama? I'm down. He's not gonna fall that far. I'm down. I'm down. He's not gonna fall that far.
4: Tell me what you're thinking now, because Bear,
2: I'm not skipping over. But tell me what you're thinking. T A N K. (laughs) So here's the tough thing though about this. Because Brian Broadus and Jeff Cavanaugh and Dane Brugler, guys that I talked to, they know this draft, like, up and down. Yes, sir. And they said the, they've been studying it quite a bit because the Cowboys just aren't having a great season. Whoever wins this division gets the 19th pick.
4: Okay. And right. so
2: whoever loses it, obviously four of the ten worst teams are in this division. Just one of them does get to go to the playoffs. Is They said, unfortunately, after you get past those two quarterbacks, picks about three through 20 – don't look any different, unfortunately, this year. There's no Chase Young this not year. Wrong. That, that's, they said this is the unfortunate thing about this. There's no Champ Bailey or, or Charles Woodson or, like, unfortunately, in this year that if the Cowboys do have the third, fourth, or fifth pick, there's maybe not much difference on your board between the third guy and the tenth guy or the seventh guy and the fourteenth guy. So this is honestly one of those years if you're looking for a defensive Difference maker at the top of the draft. There's not a can't miss guy that you would look at, like a Miles Garrett or something like that.
1: See, and I I would Mm. I would probably argue that Micah Parsons should be in that conversation as a can't miss guy, the the linebacker out of Penn State. State. But even he opted out, and it's kind of tough to say whether or not he's going to hit or miss because he hasn't played football in a year. His tape is from 2019, so it's kind of tough to go about. And I think that's another thing with this draft is how valuable are these picks right now? Because mm. a lot of these top players have either already opted out or they've opted out of half of a season or things like the sword in terms of <laughs> – well, 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 you got something on that? Is, no, uh, I'm, t- I'm
4: looking at church because church is looking at 1,000-mile stare. I got the 1,000-mile stare. The only people that know what's going on
2: is Team Tank. <laughs> hey, Team Tank, help us. Let me, let me throw this because I- – Because let me ask you this. Let's just say the Cowboys lose out. I don't think they will. I think they'll win one or two more games. But Mm -hmm. let's just say that they lose out, which means they have the third pick in the draft as of now because Jacksonville and the Jets, I can't predict they're going to win another game. I don't think so either. (laughs) At pick number three, Trevor Lawrence, who I – look, I'm going to tell you, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. Watching him, I'm, I'm in love with Trevor Lawrence. I get Dak is a very good quarterback. I'm not dogging Dak right now. Trevor Lawrence says, I don't want to play for the Jets, and I don't want to play for the Jaguars. I'm not going there. I want to play for the Dallas Cowboys. So now all you got to do is trade from three to one, which you don't have to give up a whole lot. Now the Jets have to play with you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Would you guys somewhat move on from Dak if Trevor Lawrence says, I want to play for the Dallas Cowboys, and the Jets are willing to dance with you?
3: On the field, yes. Wow off the field i just couldn't do it uh, even just with because, the contract
1: from dak prescott
3: yeah just because he he brings so much off the t- off the field that it, i mean his leadership alone is amazing i mean we, i don't think we would have you know anonymous coming out saying all this other stuff back in the day i don't think we have any of that if dak's there he's that leader he's that bona fide leader of that locker room so i would i would ride with dak but if we're talking about strictly on the field play i go with lawrence man I would go with Lawrence. I would go with Lawrence
4: at that three. If we were able to you get, you heard him. what I said, and I ain't backing off of it. If you ain't got the number one pick or the number two pick, just pick anybody. Well, that's what Mike's saying. But he's saying, he's saying, but saying but that, he wants I, to get the, the number to one pick. But
3: I just say it. Would you go I, with Lawrence or or or, or Prescott?
4: I, I'm going with Lawrence. I just said that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just that's said right. it. Okay. So, hey, those two quarterbacks, because even with that Dak next year, we we don't find. Those players on defense, I mean, we're going to have to find mm-hmm. players on defense that can come in and be difference makers. And if we can't find them, Dak is going to be doing the same 40 points that this other kid going to be doing just younger. I- I'm being honest. Sooner or later, and I've been praying for this for six years now, church, mm-hmm. that we have to have a defense. And this year here, averaging 36
1: points a game. People finally believe. Wow, we need a one. We got to get a deal. Got to find one. Now, whenever it comes to that specific question, Mike and and Sean and RJ asked, actually asked me that this morning, and I said I would rather trade down than trade oh, up. Come on, man. I'm more interested in trading down than for trading what? up for more picks because whenever you're talking about trading up or trading down, trading up means you're 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 voting for salary cap room, right? Right. You're voting to not pay Dak Prescott. Yeah. You're going to take Trevor Lawrence, yeah. and you don't take up the piece of the pie that is going to be Dak Prescott's contract. Mm-hmm, so you, whenever mm-hmm. you're trading up, you're opting to have more salary cap room. When you're mm-hmm. trading down, you're talking about more draft capital. Okay. And whenever you're talking about draft capital, you get more pieces, more darts for the dartboard, as Jeff Kavanaugh likes to say, for the defensive side of the football. So I'm looking at the defense <laughs> saying, I want more draft capital. I want more young guys on this roster rather than one young guy that's going to play really well. But, Barry. Yep, I'm
4: listening. Did Team Taint just tell us it ain't no difference between 3 and 20? He did just it say that. No so that's why are going to bunch We're going to have a bunch of high second-round picks. That, come on, man. A bunch of, a bunch of special teams. I, mean, no, no, I, so I want to trade out of the <laughs> first round. <laughs> no, that's what, I'm, I'm not trading no, no, no. out of the first. You asked Broadest. That's who I learned this from. Maybe the first through the 15 are truly – first-round picks. From maybe the 14th to the end of the second round, all you got is second-round picks. Are they just development players, They just development players. Bro, I'm going to tell you something. I'm tell you something. I'm tell you something. If the Cowboys do not have number one or the number two pick, I'm agreeing with Kyle. We need to move it on and get as many as we can. Hey, there we go.
0: <laughs> you, got, you got to get it. You got to. So, once again,
1: Nate Newton chooses all of the above, Mike, because yeah, he's, saying, he's saying if we don't do what you're doing, yes. then I'm going to do what Kyle's doing. Do so, <laughs> yeah, you're you no. dancing all around this one, no, big no, no,
4: But you know what? No, on a serious tip, in church, you know I really,
3: mm-hmm.
4: I, I'm all about winning. And – I say this right here with all my heart. We have to. If we have seven picks or eight picks, it has to be all defense. Without a doubt. If you're not getting the number one or number two pick, and I'm being honest, that's the only way I would not have Dak here. If you give me the number one or the number two pick, that's the only way. And you know what? I'm not going to play with Dak. I'm not going to play. I'm going to be like, you know what, Dak? Love you, but I'm moving forward. That, it, I'm not going to play with him. It, okay. it, you don't do him like that. He's, no, that would be he's unfair better for him. Yeah. yeah. But once I get my number one pick, it's over, dog. I'm going all defense. Because you don't have to change nothing on the offense. Tell me what's wrong with it. You have to change nothing on the offense. Just be, be a better play caller. I like it. I,
1: I like, like it. it. And and I think there's more of this discussion to be had because there's a lot about expectations. I mean, the expectations coming into 2020 were the 40-burger offense and your defense was going to see improvement. You got the 40-burger <laughs> offense. You didn't necessarily see the improvement on the defensive side all. of the football. And, and we're going to talk about that coming back. Who needs to see improvement for the needle to start to turn and start to improve whenever it comes to your expectations for the 2021 season, especially with the five games remaining on the 20. 20 season we'll be right back you're listening to the Cowboys That's crosstalk yeah. on the Dallas yeah. Cowboys Radio yeah. Network
0: SWBC Mortgage's Cowboys Crosstalk. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco.
1: See mortgage customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit SWBC.com. Kyle Yeomans, Nate Newton. Barry Church and the great Mike Bassick from 105.3 The Fan here on Cowboys Crosstalk. Final segment here and had some heated debate whenever it comes to trading up, trading down, staying put. It doesn't matter. Nate Newton's doing all of it whenever (laughs) April's (laughs) draft
2: comes around. And he's also
1: pointing out the oatmeal. For those of you going to break... Nate was pointing out Mike's oatmeal in the back of his pantry. <laughs> yeah. That's what was being said as I was trying to, to oh, outro this I'm segment. Saying, I'm like, what? Yeah, going- yeah, yeah. Mike. <laughs> Mike, is that generic brand? Is it the name yeah, brand that's stuff?
2: Yeah, it's like the, uh, you know store brand. That ain't brand. Quaker. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Kroger, Tom Thumb, Albertson. Is. Albertsons, I know, sponsor the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, so. there you go. Yeah. Hey,
0: how
1: about that? I like that. We're, we are on the Dallas Cowboys radio network, but. Mike, whenever it comes to the final five games of the season and you're talking about upcoming against Baltimore, Cincinnati's on the schedule, Philly, San Francisco, who do you need to play better? Either a unit or a specific player, who do you need to play better for your expectations for the next season, 2021, to start to improve?
2: Boy, that's a good question because you know what my answer would be, but unfortunately he's hurt, would be Trayvon Diggs. Yes, Just because the secondary scares the death out of me going forward, and he's hurt. So hopefully he can get in a game or two if he gets healthy enough uh, at the end of the year. But besides that, our our young defensive tackles are gone. I guess it would make me feel good if if Randy Gregory uh, had a really good, uh, strong last five games that – you could go into next year and look at Gregory and Tank Lawrence and go, I think we have something at least that we can build around defensively. And so that would be what it is, because I am with Nate. Offensively, there's not much of an issue. It's just about health. Yeah. Pretty much. Can the offensive line get healthy enough next year? And can Dak come back healthy uh, to to have the offense Uh, be a premium offense but to me it's I'm just scared to death of the secondary and the tough thing is I don't know to name anybody in the secondary because most likely they're all going to be gone
1: it's true because there's a lot of contracts up in that that regard Barry you feel the same way
3: oh yeah I'm definitely feeling that 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 talk I mean we definitely need some help in the secondary Um, our D tackles as well for me I'm gonna go with the unit, and I'm gonna go with the decision makers. I'm gonna say that look, the OC, the DC, wow. the big man, Big Mike, they, they gotta step it up a little bit because some of these these decisions that have been made these past couple games they've been head scratchers. I mean, look, we we talked about the the fake punt, how they did a double Why? reverse on fourth and ten. Why? Why? Exactly. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, we didn't get into this, but the fourth and <coughs> inches. I Ooh. mean, you got a you got a ninety million dollar running back back there. Who, if he falls forward, he's gonna get the he's gonna get the inch. I mean, if it was can less make it than, it to the ground. this is true. Yeah. It was less than a, it was less than a pointer <laughs> finger um, distance away from the first down, and we decided to throw a comeback. Uh, it, it's just you know some of these decisions are just head scratchers and so for me overall I just gotta I gotta look at the I gotta look at those guys as a unit and say look man we gotta we gotta step it up we gotta be better have faith in your in your players out there to get their job done without doing all this trickery and all this other stuff and just get the job done and get the dub so for me I gotta go with this coaching staff they gotta step it up a little bit you know it's a slight difference between cre- uh, creativity
4: and, and just being smart sometimes and I'm not saying Coach is not smart but creativity man is not. You know, run back 15 yards to get 25. That ain't creativity. Nah. That's chaos. But anyway, <laughs> what I, ha- what, what I want to see is every young guy that has been drafting the last two years for the Dallas Cowboys to touch the field. I want to know before I go into next year's draft, what do I truly need? You will understand the, off- you will understand the defense better. You will understand the offense better by playing this is a play now league. It's kind of like the NBA. You can't get better sitting on the pine. Mm-hmm. You got I want to see these young guys play. I want to see them perform. I want to know. I don't want to know whether the kid from Utah, uh, the outside, line, I. I do not want to know next year can he play. Mm-hmm. We let Connor McGovern sit on the bench for how many weeks? Mm-hmm. He started one game, then we put him back on the bench only to find out that he could really help this team. Come on now. Mm-hmm. If you this year and next year have to be those years where you play these young guys, because if you don't, your fan base is gonna say, Well, hold on now, we done been down this road. And it ain't changed in the last 10 years. Now 11, now 12. We draft guys and don't play them in the first, second, and third round. How do you do that in today's NFL? Uh
1: Mike, do you think that's on the coaching staff in terms of the lack of maybe progression that they've seen? I mean, like we talked about Lamar Jackson earlier, you want to see the same kind of projection from young coaches. And Kellen Moore, you can maybe say that he's grown a little bit, but there are other times when he's kind of had some lapses. And maybe personnel is a part of that.
2: Well... I can give them a major excuse this year because there wasn't a real training camp. And just as a person that gets to go out to Oxnard and watch, and watch the young guys, they're making a lot of mistakes early in training camp. And they're trying to learn as fast as they can. And you didn't really get that this year. They didn't get maybe the practice game. So I'm giving them an excuse of maybe they just felt as a coaching staff at times <laughs> uncomfortable because they didn't get the reps in that they wanted in practice. And that also, Nate, their thing too is they did Put Diggs out there, the second round pick. Okay. He got hurt. They did have Biotic out there when he could play. He got hurt. They did have Gallimore, the third round pick, out there after they released on Terry Poe and and kind of Uh and then he got hurt. So the second, third, fourth round pick all got hurt, and then Robinson, the kid from Tulsa, I haven't seen him much. I know he's getting to play a little bit now.
4: And and I would say great if we were six and five. (laughs) <laughs> but we're – have we won the third game yet? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're yeah, three and yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I need to see, <laughs> once again, every guy. And what I need, more importantly than anybody, and I didn't want to say this because they, everybody know how I feel about this guy, I need to see Zeke do it. Mm. I need to see Zeke I'm do with it. you on that one now. And everybody – I get rolled to death on my podcast every day about Zeke.
3: I need to see him do it. I'm with you on that because I'm one of the people that's sitting there saying, you know, we need to get we need to get him the touches. He needs to get more than ten touches in one game. But when you're out there, you know, fumbling five times <laughs> and, and you. you're a part of multiple turnovers, it, it's kind of hard to get you to rock, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it's tough. I need
1: to see it, man. Who's one guy that you want to see, Mike?
2: Boy, um, I guess I'll go a little bit opposite than Zeke, and I'm not saying he's maybe a starter. I think he's a great changeup is – Tony Pollard, Mm. when he has hit the field, has hit some home runs. Mm, And I don't believe Zeke can hit home runs anymore. What I believe is Zeke gets you first downs. And he can't, to me, he can't make secondary guys miss or he can't run through them and keep his balance. What he does is what he's great is is he bullies them into two to four extra yards after contact. But – Tony Pollard can just outrun you or he can just put a little move on you and then he's by you. So I just wonder if we're looking for a little bit of home run, I'm not saying to sit Zeke at all. What I'm saying is, is maybe it should be more of a 65-35 type of a deal, like percentage-wise.
1: Yeah, I think the best way to look at that is the Minnesota game, where Zeke kind of wore down that front seven and continued just pounding Minnesota and having the Vikings kind of on the back of their heels. And then Tony Pollard and the changeup came, and there was the home run ball that, Mike, you just talked about. And I think that's something that the Cowboys certainly could utilize. That's going to do it here for us here on Cowboys Crosstalk. Mike, Thanks so much for joining us and it hopping on with us. You
2: don't want to do another three hours?
1: No, I I'm good with your it. TNT. I, I, think, I think the nosebleed seats would have something to talk about that. But for Nate Newton, for Barry Church, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying thank you to everyone involved with the show today. This has been Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
2: about this, Cowboys? Yeah!